Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We are the Otago Highlanders, we're here to play the game. From Auckland to Australia, there's no one quite the same. As we the Otago Highlanders, rugby is our game. Welcome to the house of pain. Otago Highlanders, well that's our name. Now Brown, Callahan, he's got some support in the form of Cronfeld. There he is, Josh is in. News that acceleration again from the big man inside the 22. Oliver gets his hands on it now. Kelleher away for Brown. Stanley shovels on to Lady. He's got Wilson in support. Lady finds Wilson, and the inevitable try comes from Jeff Wilson. From the white ducky to the bluff, and up in central too. For all the loyal Scarfies, Highlanders know what to do. Aaron Smith feeds. Got to give the Highlanders scrum its juice tonight. It's been under pressure. Way sucking a Thompson. Now he hands it off to Ben Smith. And Ben Smith's in. And look how happy he is, Ben Smith. You don't often see him showing massive amounts of emotion. Yes. Oh, it's just such a, I know it's a sports song, but it's it's a sporting romance song. Just brilliant. Welcome to the House of Pain. Became the House of Tain for a while. Here it comes. Oh, and they've had some iconic players there. We're doing the Immortals for the Highlanders, as the Australian commentators call them. The Highlanders! And there's some absolute gems. Who are the five Immortals going to be? Text through, double eight, double three. That is the Temper Beard Post text machine number. Get your Immortals in. You can have up to five. Some people just send through two or three, and I'm fine with that as well. And the phone lines are open. Let's talk about the magnificent Highlanders. Very easy team to like. Always seem to be up against it, and uh, they are title winners as well. So let's roll into that. Uh, just a quick look at what else we've got. John O'Nabs, he's a Kiwi charity runner. He's running the width of Canada, can you believe? Trying to become the eighth person in history to do that, and the first New Zealander to do that. We'll find out why he's doing it, where he is, how long it's going to take him. What an undertaking to do. Uh, Courtney Tyree's going to join us, former Silver Fern, and... Um, 
ahead of the net, uh, sorry ahead of the netball final, the ANZ Premiership. This Sunday, we'll have live commentary here from 3.30. Myself and Brooke Lever, can't wait for that. The Jeremy Paul Show at 2 o'clock as well. We'll talk Super Rugby and, of course, State of Origin. He's a huge league. Huge league. And uh, Jimmy Smith, before we head out as well, he'll be about cut to 3, 20 to 3, something like that. But it's Highlanders time. Give us your immortals. Get your votes in 0800 150 811. Well, listen, Buster, you better start to move your feet to the rockin'est beat of madness. I think this is some sort of record. I'm pretty sure Mikey from Christchurch has been our first, our first judge, our first nominator each day and I love that consistency so Crusader Mikey talk to me about Highlanders <laughs> well you know I've loved this competition it's been it's been fascinating really really good it's mm. been an enjoyable week um, yeah Southern Brothers hey look the amount of times um, Crusaders have played the Highlanders and we've gone in as favourites and they've ambushed us out of nowhere I could count on quite a couple of hands actually so uh Blues fans tonight, just don't take it as a given that you're going to uh, roll the Highlanders. I'll tell you that for a fact. Mm. Um, I've uh, I've gone I've, I've gone back to the start when Super Rugby was all shiny and exciting and sort of new for everyone, and mm. there were so many legendary players that came into that era. Um, so so my five, I've gone with um, Josh Cronfeld, mm-hmm. um, Tony Brown, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldie Wilson. Mm-hmm. Brendan Chainsaw Laney, what a what a what an icon he was down there, um, and slightly slightly further forward, um, you can't leave out Ben Smith, one of the greatest players I think we've ever seen. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic um, kickoff. Yeah, and just just a, just a thing, I, I can't wait till uh, this weekend's over for Super Rugby so we can get in some finals footy. Yeah, I know that. I know. Trim off, trim off the fat, and let's go. It's it's sudden let's death. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be Good brilliant. On you, Good on you, Mikey. Cheers, buddy. You too. Um, <clears throat> Zaid, no. Dave, Dave from Dunedin. This will be good. G'day, Dave. G'day, Stephen. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Dave. Uh, my five for your uh, listening pleasure. Yeah. Obviously, the two Smiths. Aaron and uh, Ben. Well, we can't do current players, so oh, they, okay. they have okay. to they have to have finished to go into the Hall of Fame. So he, he'll oh, get so, there once so he's Aaron's done. Up. Yep. Okay, so we go with uh, Josh Cronfeld. Yep. Jeff Wilson. Yep. Anton Oliver. Yep. Tony Tony Brown and Ben Smith. Beautiful! What a bunch of legends they and are. You, and you're obviously you're leaving out the likes of Issa Tolamaka, Tane Randall. Uh, all those guys there, Brian Lemar that played. Oh yeah. Um, all, all those, all those big names. Your Josh Brakies, uh, you know, all, all those. Uh, Byron Callagher, he was another one. Yeah, he was. Yeah, there's so there's a lot, isn't there? There is indeed. So I'll leave that with you. Good man. Thanks for calling, Dave. Thanks. Yeah, cheers, Dave. Cheers, buddy. That's Dave out of Dunedin. We shoot up to Auckland and talk to the life members. Zaid, g'day, Zaid. Go the go the Blues. No, this is Highlanders hours, Aid. <laughs> um, ben Smith, Waisaki Naholo, Malakai Fukitoa, Lima Sapawanga, and um, Ash Dixon. 
Look, I'm a massive Ash Dixon fan, eh? Just massive. Yeah, good, good hooker, eh? Yeah. I think they've kind of lost lost a bit of his glue this uh, season. He was, um, yeah, a good hooker for obviously Hawks Bay as well, but um, yeah, great player. And um, was always pretty pretty good to put a bet on um, Ash Dixon to score any time, usually. <laughs> Love the rolling mall. Those last, yeah, those last few seasons, he was just chucking it straight to the mall. Um, but probably my favourite Highlander would have to be Ben from account. Say what a player he was. Yeah, just Bender. Um, yeah, oh, didn't quite work out at the last World Cup for him, which sucks. They kind of moved him around a bit, and you know, just didn't quite work out. But yeah, what a play he was, eh? Yeah, definitely was. Good man, Zate. We got yeah. calls to get to. You, you have a champion weekend. Yeah, you too. You too, buddy. Uh, Darren and Aussie. Here we go. G'day, Darren. Hey, Steffi. How are you? Hey, oh. I'm I'm sad this is finishing today. I've really enjoyed the first hour this week. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely spewing. I missed the Hurricanes one, but I've been busy earlier in the week and I've been more in the office now, so <laughs> I'm trying, to, trying to make up for it. But it does get the creative juices going, so thanks for that. Mm. Um, in no order, because I couldn't do that, um, I went Tony Brown, mm-hmm. Anton Oliver, uh, Jeff Wilson, because you just have to, Ben Smith, obviously, and I could the first one I actually wrote down was Ash Dixon. Yeah. Because I just thought, he, there's nothing that guy didn't do. I, I mean, he's, he deserved 50 tests in the All Blacks in my eyes, but that guy was the heart and soul of the Highlanders for quite a period there. Yeah, uh, the thing with Ash, right, good enough to be an All Black, but he was at the same time as um, Cody Taylor and Dane Coles, wasn't he? And, and I yeah. think early days he was the end of Kevin Mialama. Just... Just the yeah, and Andrew Hoare. Yeah, yeah, Dominoes didn't line up for the for the fella, but just a tremendous player. But um, New Zealand Maori, like he, he, amazing. He, he grew he grew an extra twenty thirty kilos when he put that Maori jersey on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, uh, yeah, but no, thanks for that. It really got the uh, got me thinking. Yeah, no, that's good. That's... I'll be honest with you. The first name I wrote down was Aaron Smith, and I went, oh no. I can only say that next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, next year when we do it again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say next week because hopefully they beat the Blues and uh, get into the get into the eight because it would be very exciting. Everyone will be crunching the numbers. But yep. I can't. I can't personally see it, but you never know. No, they they get up when they're not supposed to, and they lose when they're not supposed to. So I I quite like the lolly scramble nature of their game this weekend. Oh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it tonight because um, yeah. They say pressure makes diamonds, but it also makes coal. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that. I like that. <laughs> Top man, Derek. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Oh, pressure makes diamonds. It also makes coal. I love that. Dino in Dunedin. Oh, this will be tough for you. No, no, mate. No, it's easy. We go with um, the staff down south. So it's Goldie. Then we, then we move to Kai Jenkins and we got Tony Brown. And then we go to Amaru and we got Brendan Laney. And that's the thing that pisses me off with the whole whole thing. Like that song you started with, man, we hate that down south. It's a great tune to take the Otago out of it. That, that was the biggest problem. With yeah, it was. Thing. Yeah, we thought about and that, that and I just thought, oh, the, 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 the far south would give us a, a bit of a license to chuck that in. It's just... Gives me. Uh, I think they kept the song, but they took a targo. To, it was they changed it to Go O Highlanders, didn't they? Well, Lester Rutledge would have killed Laurie Maines. They had to. <laughs> so it's just yeah, this one. I mean, it's just one of those things, you know, because it's supposed to be a, a region team, not a provincial team. So 
it just rubs southers up the wrong way. And when they rub that way, it takes a lot of getting them back type thing. And yeah. Hence why they're struggling. But I mean, and then I would definitely Ash Dixon. He yeah. would be four. And probably Anton Oliver, like great all black captains. He'd, you'd put him in there too. But there's just endless case music. That whole, that age. 86, 90s year, whatever it was, 96. They were unreal, those boys. Anton Oliver gave the best post-match interviews of any rugby player ever. I loved his post-match interviews. I just an intelligence man, you know, like, he was very good at rugby. If he could have thrown the ball a bit better, he would have been better, but everything else was... We have had so many hookers that have made it to that top level that didn't have the skill that Ash Dixon I think he was the best line-out exponent in the bloody country, and the rest of his game was pretty good. Mm. Colcom was the one that hurt him, mate. Like, that, that must have really hurt, because he couldn't hit a barn door piston on So, yes, it's bad, I suppose, but it is what it is. Mm. But, um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be my five, and Jesus, hold it, that, that late, you know, 96 team, they, they were... Pretty damn special, really, to be fair. They sure were. They sure were. Awesome, Dino. You enjoy your weekend. Yeah, mate. Up in Auckland. We'll see how we go. Get into it. There you go. Oh, hope he's got an overdraft. He's organising the overdraft. Auckland prices for parking, you know. You can park in Auckland for an hour, what it costs you for a week at the Invercargo Airport. There you go. There you go. Auckland Airport car parks per square metre are more expensive on a daily rate than an apartment in central city Auckland. There you go. <laughs> Did you just make that up? No. I, I worked like it out one up. I worked it out one day. Per square metre. Yeah. Per square metre. The Auckland car parks, uh, the airport car parks. I, I believe that. They're they're an absolute riot. Because I, I remember I parked there not long well, last time I parked there, you go online. If you book online two or three days in advance, you get a cheaper rate. They were all full except one, except one of the K car park or something, and it was something like seventy dollars for twenty hours. And the square footage, it's what are they like, ten feet by five feet or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. A car park, and I, 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 you know how I work, you know, worked out a square meterage that works out. So if you extrapolate that, and you don't get power, you don't get water, you no. haven't got a roof. And the thing, because I'm quite a philosophical person and I find it funny that you're talking about like a slab of concrete that someone lets you sit your car in and you pay that much to just do that. It, yeah. It's a bizarre concept, isn't it? Yeah. In, in between some white lines. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And if you if your flight's delayed, they sting you because you've overparked when you said you'd leave. Yeah. And your flight got cancelled because they're doing maintenance to the plane. Engineering requirements. Engineering requirements. <laughs> <Three years. laughs> All right, uh, we'll have a quick break. You stay on the line there, Gary. Don't you go away, Gary. I want to hear your Highlanders and I want to hear everyone else's Highlanders as well. 0800-150-11, Highlander Immortals. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Oh, look, the Highlanders are very popular right around the country. He, he, I haven't even got through all of the texts just before we get to the course. Here's the names that have been nominated so far. Tony Brown, Liam Cotwin, Jimmy Cowan, Ash Dixon, Elliot Dixon, Anton Oliver, Ben Smith, Naholo, Goldie, Josh Cronfell, Buffalini, Lima, John Leslie, Case Muse, Nasi Manu, Kelvin Middleton, Byron Kelher, Tom Donnelly, David Ladder, Jamie Joseph, Stu Forster. Look at them all. Let's find out from Gary in Upper Hutt. G'day, Gary. 
Oh, I think his battery's dying. Or dead. No, your phone's really your phone's really crook. Hang up and, and call us back, mate. Hang up, call us back, and I'll put you on straight after. Andrew. G'day, Andrew. How you going, buddy? Good, thank you. Hey, where are you based? Uh, our studio's in Auckland. Oh, okay. Uh, but you're a Hollanders fan, are you? Oh, no, I just, <laughs> I, I'm a rugby fan. I'm a rugby fan, and no. I, I love doing the Immortals from every franchise. I, you know, I just, and I've just got a real soft spot for the Highlanders, always have. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's some good players. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going with Goldie. Yep. Um, ben Smith. Yep. Uh, Ash Dixon. Yep. Tane uh, Randall. And uh, Consell. Josh, wasn't he just a just a soldier of a player, wasn't he? Oh, legend, mate, legend. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Awesome. Good man. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, buddy. Take care, mate. Catch up. Take care. Right, let's try Bye. Gary again. He's called back. Have we got you this time, Gary? No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. Sounds like it might still be dodgy. Um... Tony Brown, Stu Forster, Anton Oliver leading up the front. Stephen from Dunedin, not the original one. <laughs> um, is Gary's phone still crook, Sammy? Must be. I'm sorry. Still crook, but he did want to make a very, very strong point that he doesn't want Ash Dixon anywhere near. Uh, oh, sorry, Elliot Dixon anywhere near a, uh, a top five for the Highlanders, given that uh, Gary's calling him from Upper Hut. I, I know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying. Um, still got a whole lot of unread messages. Um, I can tell you what, there's about three vote, three players so far starting to pull away, but it's early days. Right, kia ora, Ed. Oh, hey, Steph. So you got the Highlanders? Yep. Um, ben Smith? Ben. Aaron Smith? Not Aaron, he's still playing. You're not allowed, Aaron. Oh, okay, we'll go Stu Forster. Stu Forster, yep. Uh, Carl Heyman? Big Carl Heyman, yes. Tony Brown. Yep. Oh, and this one I like. He was um, I used to watch him um, on the YouTube. Questions uh, boys versus Marlborough. Nasty money. Yeah, boy. He, he he smoked that winger coming down the line, man. Boom. He was he was the captain when they won the title, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and um, Ben. Him and and um, special mention to this fella called Malakai Fikitoa. Okay. Because um, my cousin coached him at Wesley. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. Who's your cousin? Oh, yeah. Who is, oh. Who's your cousin that was the coach? Brett. Oh, did he coach him at Wesley? Yeah. There you go. Oh, he, he better back me up now. Because <laughs> I've heard all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, mate. I've oh, got... Here's another one. Here's an... Oh, no. Israel Dagg, oh no, hang on, hang on. He's a turnkey. He went to the Crusaders. That's nah, right. Brother. He can't, yeah, nah, he can't be a Highlander. Too much there. Cheers, brother. That's Ed. Great man, Ed. Uh, we go to Dunedin. Like the calls from Dunedin. G'day, Nick. How you going, brother? Um, hey, no, Ash Dixon doesn't make it. Not at all. There's only two hookers. It'll be Leather and um, Oliver, period. Right. Carl Heyman's definitely in the team. Yeah. Is that I mentioned Carl? Yep, we, we, the last caller just mentioned Carl. Yep. Yeah, 
Mr. Tyler Mark could go close. Oh, he was a weapon, that guy. You know, you could, you could, oh God, I mean, Paul Cock, I mean, it wasn't Holland today. I mean, John Leslie, possibly in the team. I mean, back in the 92s, back in rugby down in Dunedin, the 92s, it was great times at Carisbrook, 96, 98. Then finally we won against Waikato, but I'm going back in the NPC days now, though. Yeah, we've got to stick with super, but I know what you're saying. Like, you know, the John Leslie days, as you say, and Mark Ellis. Mark is, Ellis, John Timu. Yeah. Remember that day we took up the Springboks? Yes. 93? Yes. Yeah, wow. Magnificent. Good on you. Thanks, Steph. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, buddy. This is what we're doing. We're, we're bringing up all the memories of the glory days. The glory days. Here's some names we haven't had so far. This is a long text, but I'm all about that. Kupu Venisi. John Haggart, Tony Brown, Josh Cromfeld, Paul Miller. I was at King's High School when all of these players were either students or teachers. I played against Josh Cromfeld in a teacher-student rugby match. One of my best friends was an absolute scud missile tackler, tackler and absolutely nailed Josh Cromfeld. And Josh was our English teacher, and I remember him telling us he would see us when he got back from the 95 World Cup. Wow. Good story. Good story. Uh, I was always a big fan of the yoga. Paul Miller, loved the way he played. Just a big, powerful man. Cooper Venisi as well. Um, I think I'm right in saying Cooper Venisi played for the Hurricanes as well. Am I right there? My old memory, the old Sea Dog memory. I think I'm right. Um, Simon Mayling gets a vote. Donk, I think that was his nickname. And isn't... um, Clayton McMillan, I think that's his nickname as well. I wonder if it's for the same reason that Simon Malin got it. Don't know. Uh, Tane Randall gets another one. He's one of my clients. <laughs> St. George's Kennel. So there you go. So if you've got a dog and you want to go, like, long weekends in particular, you go away for a long weekend, wife, kids, maybe your partner, and you've got a dog and you're oh, hard to find accommodation to drop your dog off, St. George's Kennels. In Hawke's Bay. Tane Randall takes his dogs there. Now, there's a, there's a, what do you call it? A, um, there's an endorsement. An endorsement. Tane Randall gets it to Lomu. Can he get there? You betcha. You betcha. Jonah's in. All right. So keep your calls coming in, please. 0800 150 I've got a swag of text uh, votes I have to get through. And I've just started a second page on my uh, on my pad for the number of players. I had originally about 12 down. I've got another 16 to add to it. So let me get on with that. We'll take new sport and weather. Um, Karen's still in the house. Uh, James is calling. We'll take him after the news. 0800 150 We're doing the Highlanders Immortals. Well, listen, buster. You better start to move your feet. To the rockin'est beat of madness! Yeah, Craig's text in and said, Staff, I'm a Blues fan and I can't think of a song or a chant for the Blues and I don't think any other team has a song as good as the Highlanders song. Um, the Crusaders have that something of something of paradise. Um can't even remember who does it. That, that, that's okay, but you can't sing along to it unless you go. Hurricanes, hurricanes. What have the blues got? 
I don't think the Blues have got anything. Chiefs have got the that on cue, Sam Hewitt. issue with that song Sam. greatest chant of all time I know your issue it's the song for Waikato not for the Chiefs but yes. we're in that region staff are all one and the same no you're not we are though no you're not talk but to Bayer Plenty talk to Taranaki yeah but I mean all those players it's it's the Chiefs encompass that area it's the Waikato region that yeah, the Chiefs that's the encompass central focal point but yeah. there's a reason when they first started it was Auckland Blues um I think it was Waikato Chiefs, Wellington Hurricanes, Canterbury Crusaders and the Otago Highlanders. They dumped that to be more collective. Sam, you're living in the 80s and 90s. Happy to, happy to do it. That's the MPC Happy to song. be nostalgic. And I also get a little bit... Oh, let me guess, the Cowbells. Yeah, Cowbells is MPC. Oh. Keep your Cowbells at home for your Chiefs games. You're not a Chiefs fan, and I'm not going to allow you to criticise the organisation under those uh, under those provisions, Steph. I have to talk to James from Dunedin, Sam. You can go away. G'day, James. Savvy, how are we, mate? Good, thank you, James. Good, good. The Highlanders song, just a quick shout-out to me old mate, Bill Ackland. Yes. Um, um, Bill was a, a consecutive two terms as, as a city councillor, and he's currently on the city council again after a brief break. And this, and, the, and it was changed from Otago Highlanders to We Are Highlanders. I knew they changed it to something. Yeah, it was We Are Highlanders. Right. Is what they changed it to. Nice. And... Uh, nobody likes to correct her. I think Simon Mailing's nickname was Boo, B double O, Boo Boo Mailing. Oh, was it? Um, yeah, I think I, I stand to be corrected. But um, <clears throat> anyway, so criteria very quickly is you know whether it's longevity in the Highlanders or impact or anything like that. I mean, um, Tony Brown has to be number one, head and shoulders as a as a player and then as a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just phenomenal. Um, a lot of people have thrown names out there that weren't actually in the Highlanders. They were like NPC players um, prior to sort of like 96. Jamie Joseph, interestingly, I, I just did a quick wiki search, didn't play for the Highlanders, but he certainly deserves an honourable mention. <laughs> um, ben Smith, um, I've got a slightly more than five, so people can throw these around, but um, Ben Smith, of course, without saying, um, Jeff Wilson, Brendan Laney, Josh Cronfeld, um, I don't know if I'm at five yet, um, but Nasi Manu, if anyone's watched um, the Highlanders 1-39 to um, documentary, um, it'll give you a big insight onto the impact that Nasi had on the Highlanders winning that title in 2015. So, but, uh, awesome, awesome topic. So yeah. there's some names for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. Brilliant call. All right. Cheers, cheers mate. Um, I'm feverishly Googling trying to find I'm sure Simon Mailing was Donk or if I got the wrong there was a lock in Dunedin and his nickname was Donk but I can't remember was it Eel? oh no anyway sounds like talk- the start of a poem what or, or a kid's book he once was a lock in Dunedin whose nickname was Donk <laughs> <laughs> alright uh, John in Auckland g'day John is that um, Tom Donnelly you're talking about? Oh, is it Tom Donnelly? It might be. Yeah. Might be. Anyways, I think he's the coach for Otago, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yep. Good man. Um, fun fun fact, um, the Highlanders, by population, are the smallest region in the Super Rugby. Did you know that? 
Um, by population. If you made me guess, I probably would pick them. Um, probably, and smaller than the Aussie teams as well. Well, smaller than the Moana Pacifica and Brewer uh, as well. Ooh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you but, go. Uh, That's a good fact. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm looking forward to playing the Blues tonight. I think they'll give them a good run for their money. They'll probably pass out the last 20, but they'll give it their all, mate. Yeah, I, I just hope they stay in it for a long time and get some of the well-earned belief and then can kick on. That's what I really, really hope. Yeah, I hope so too. I'm a Blues supporter, but I, you know, I've loved the Highlanders from when they started, mate. They're just perennial underdogs and yeah. always have been, but they're always punching off their weight, and it's good to see. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. But um, just on songs, you're right, the Blues don't actually have a, a team, oh, well, a crowd song. But um, I tell you what, Georgie Fem, Georgie Fem. If you've ever listened to them, they they brought forward that um that blue song to represent the blues back in the early 2000s. Oh, did they? Look it up. Okay. The old I'm indeed the guy. Oh, yeah, I know that one. <laughs> did they? I'll get. I, yeah. I can see Sammy typing on his laptop. He might be looking for it. I don't know if that's what he's doing, but we'll see if oh, we can find it. it. I like it. Oh, that was the early 2000s, you know. It's pushing 2001, 2002 when Carlos was around. But just on the Chiefs, um, don't, don't forget they, they encompass South Auckland too. Don't forget that. You know, they come right up to uh, Readout Road in Monaco. They do. In the country doesn't know, but that's near the Monaco Hall. That's actually near the courthouse in Rainbow's End is on the Chiefs side. So, oh, is that, um, the, is that the official boundary? That's the official boundary, mate. So Papatoi, Otahuhu, Mangere all come under the blues, but Manirewa and Papakura go to the Chiefs. Wow. So that's, that's the boundary line. This is one of the most yeah. valuable calls ever made. You've, you've <laughs> taught me a lot, John. You've taught me a lot. Yep, so if you ever go to KFC in Manirewa, um, mm-hmm. you'll see that, because they, they sponsor the Super Rugby, mm-hmm. you'll see they'll wear Chiefs hats. But if you go across to Monaco, the KFC over there wears blues hat. Well, <laughs> how do you know so much? <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just a quirky person, mate. Oh, I love watching the text and all that. I love it, John. I love it. Yeah. Awesome call. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yes. Take it easy, mate. Oh, what a call that is. Oh, fantastic. Now, we've got so many names here. Lots of votes, but geez, there's a spread. Uh, recent additions, Izzy Tolamaka. Can't read that. What's that say? Oh, Carl Heyman, Tane Randall, Stu Forster, Marty Banks, courtesy of Kimberley. I love that. The Oracle, Marty Banks, Romeo Row Party. He snuck in there as well. Um, there we go. Someone said Simon Mailing was definitely donk. Thank you. Thank you. So it might have been Boo as well as Donk. That's like that's like Brendan Laney was Buffer and Chainsaw. Right. Um, I actually, I think I might have found the Blues um, okay. song. Yeah, the official Please. theme song for the Blues. Uh, so, you know, you got your Mulu for the Chiefs. Um, you obviously get up excited about that. You got, well, for um, NPC you do. For NPC, whatever you want to say. Uh, Otago Heine's got that iconic Heine song, the Crusaders theme. It's iconic. And uh, Hurricanes, Hurricanes. And, you know, the Blues, they're just...
Is this it? Yeah. Mad world. Yeah. I can only assume it's that because they don't win anything and they're constantly in a state of mad and sadness. Uh, going nowhere. Makes a lot of sense, Steph. Look, I, I, like I said, just I was googling. Uh, that's, that's what came what, up. That's, that's what, what came up. up. Um, so just play that out for your Blues fans, Ken. Um, you probably play this for the Dragons as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 not on King's birthday weekend, Sammy. Oh, well, I'm working Monday, so it's no difference to me. Yes. There will be no tomorrow come semi-final time. We'll see. Mm. We will see. Right, I need to do some more accumulation of voltage. We're not far away from the announcement of the first lot of immortals going into the Highlanders Hall of Fame. The official, unofficial afternoons with Staffy Hall of Fame. We'll come back soonish. Right, it's time to announce the inaugural inductees into the official unofficial afternoons of Staffy Hall of Fame, Highlanders Immortals. And actually, the, the final five for our class of 2023 of across class, all the teams. Which there's going to be 25 players yeah. in the class. Mm. So as we always do, the highly commended. Um, so these are all players that got over five votes each. And couldn't be here tonight. Well, they're here tonight. Are they? But they're at the back. Okay. But they're just here for the food. So we do want to acknowledge, and you know, potentially a lot of these will be in future inductee ceremonies. Tane Randall, Crazy Ladder, also known as Dave, Nasi Manu, John Leslie, and the next two, uh, oh, Waisaki Noholo, and the next two were so close to making the top five Brennan Buffalini. Mm. And Anton Oliver. Do you know what we should do? Um, you know, at the Oscars, they basically wheel out a bunch of guys who have acted for years and years and either have or have not won Oscars, and they give them the service award. Do we oh. give these guys a service to Highlanders award I tell so they you don't what, get we'll the do. Hall of Fame? I'll tell you what, after I announce these, we'll take a break before the news, and I'll come back, and I'll find the player across the whole lot of voting that had the most votes that didn't make their five. Nice. And, and they'll, they'll have get... services to Super Rugby. Oh, nice. I like that. Anointed upon them. Okay. Brilliant. So do we go one down to five or five to one? Five to one. Five to one. Yep. So our first inductee. Even though it's 12 to one. For the Highlanders, Ashley Dixon. Hawks Bay. Uh, next in, Joshua Cromfeld. Our third recipient and entry into the Hall of Fame. Ben Smith. And our fourth one entering in to the Highlanders Hall of Fame. The golden one, Jeff Wilson. And the number one is voted by you, and I will say, had the most votes of any number one inductee across the week. Party at Tony Brown's. I was going to do a big fancy drum roll for you, actually. Well. Wow. <laughs> and the number one inductee into the Highlanders Hall of Fame. 
Tony Brown. Oh, wouldn't have picked that. <laughs> so there we have it. There we have it. Just so many names out of the hot. I mean, someone here has suggested. Now, I, I know what you're saying, Sean. Sean, sorry. Staff, can we do a 22 for each franchise, please, and their coach? Now, that would be a massive undertaking. That would be massive. Under, I know what you're saying, but, geez, it would be time-consuming and a massive undertaking. Um, I love it. Did David Ladder play for the Highlanders? I think so. I think so. He hasn't been inducted. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was before. I, no, I don't. I feel like he's, he didn't play that long ago that he'd missed the Highlanders. He did play Sammy. 96. There we go. Squeaked in. Uh, the Mulu song was changed by us county supporters when we won the semi-final back in the 90s after a massive comeback in the last 20 minutes. Just after the ground announcer was advertising where to get tickets for the final against Canterbury for the Waikato supporters. We were singing ole, 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 boo-hoo, boo-hoo as we left the ground. I got, well, got absolute grief on the embankment during the game. Fights and all sorts. It was a sweet victory. What a memory that is. They were announcing where to get tickets for the final and then got rolled by counties in the last 20 minutes. Fantastic. Uh, oh, text for you, Sammy. Sammy, you're a cruel sea of waves that crash upon blues hopefuls gathered on a barren shore. It's fantastic. <laughs> Did anyone mention Jimmy Cowan? Yes. Got a couple of votes. James Cowan. Did Mark Ellis get votes? Yes. Just a couple, just a couple, lest we forget, lest we forget. Um, can we do a 22? Um, Ken, Blues Ken, he did vote for his, actually, and then he said, I've got no time for the Highlanders. They're going to get crushed tonight and put out and put the Highlanders out of the top eight. I think it'll be a 50-pointer. Cheers, Ken. Wowee. Wowee. Next week, do a round-robin playoff series between each of the five picked for each team like a five-a-side rugby tournament. There's so much good material here. So what I'm going to do, uh, Cam from Cambridge says, Goldie the best Highlander by a mile. Uh, how about a Florida man, Immortals? I like that too. I'm going to count through. I've still got all of the pages and pages. I'm going to find who got the single most votes that didn't make their respective franchise Hall of Fame immortal status, and they will win the first ever, what shall we call it? Um, I'll come up with a title. It'll be a medal for services to Super Rugby who just missed out. So stick around. We'll announce that shortly. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, had some text messages. People want to know all the teams. So here they are. Carlos Spencer, Kevin Mialamu, Doug Howlett, Ali Williams, Jerome Kano. There's your blues. The Chiefs, Messam, Cruden, Gibbs, Donald, Holler. Hurricanes, Cullen, Umanga, Lomu, Conrad Smith, Jerry Collins. Uh, Crusaders, Richie McCaw, Dan Carter, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall, Todd Blackadder, and of course, once we just had Tony Brown, Ben Smith, uh, Jeff Wilson, Josh Cromfeld, Ash Dixon. And the sixth man, 
the Dwayne Monkley plate, uh, the inevitably will make it in next year. And there was a head scratcher that he didn't make it initially, but I think it's um, testament to the strength of this particular franchise. So the player that got the most votes that didn't make the top five in his franchise was a Crusaders captain, an all-black captain, and for a period of time, best in his position in the world. It is the rollerblading, lycra-wearing country and western fan, Kieran Reid. He is your official sixth man. So there you go. Uh, some of you call it the Norm Hewitt Award for not quite making it. Uh, top five refs. That'd be interesting. Uh, the ground announcer at Waikato that day was Brett Anderson, Buck Anderson. Uh, can you run back through the team? Suggested that. Um, right. After one o'clock, we're going across to Canada and talk to... Uh, John O'Nabs, he's running the width of Canada. He's a Kiwi. He'll be the first Kiwi to do it. If he can do it, it's a huge undertaking. We'll ask him why he's doing it, where he is, etc. And remember we had Marmalade, the music duo in studio in the last couple of days? Was it yesterday? Wednesday. We're going to play their new song. It's just been released after the news. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. So that's Marmalade. Remember they were in studio um, Wednesday and talking about releasing their new single? Well, it's out now. It came out midnight last night and we wish them all the very best with it. And it was quite interesting. We listened to just uh, the two voices and a guitar on Wednesday and that's their five-piece band going for it. It's, um, it's a tune. Makes me think of, you know, beach umbrellas, seagulls, awning off an old caravan, Hutton's pre-cooked sausages, cheese sizzlers, white bread, butter. Oh, it's a good tune. We wish them all the best, Marmalade. Still got Jeremy Paul to come up in about an hour. You can start texting questions through tomorrow. I've worked out how to get little folders on my temper pe- bedpost text machine, so I'll put them in my little Jeremy Paul to ask questions. Remember, he's a big rugby league fan too. He's almost more passionate about rugby league than rugby at the moment when he talks about it, so we'll talk about Origin. Also, this week's uh, crucial games as well. Um, I've also forewarned him I want his two immortals from each New Zealand super rugby team. So he'll be working on that. He's actually in Perth at the moment 
Um, so it'll be good to catch up with him. But as promised, we are going across to Canada. John O'Nabs, he's an old schoolmate of Sammy, actually. He's doing a run, which when you think about where does this decision come from to run the width of Canada, um, so he joins us now. So before we get into the nuts and bolts, Jono, like why, what's your reason why you're doing this? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on first and foremost. But um, I'm doing this because I fundamentally want to um, give a few kids uh, across Canada and particularly back in NZ who are fighting cancer um, just of something cool to sort of be involved with to follow along and um, I'm planning actually to be visiting a few children's hospitals or cancer wards uh, in a few children's hospitals uh, along the journey um, and yeah going in and, and just sharing that that cool energy and that sense of adventure and everything that comes with a with a big uh, mission like this uh, with the kids and um, yeah just try and try and spread that good uh, good vibe good energy to them um, that's probably number one. And then um, number two is also raising a bit of funds uh, along the way to put towards treatment and research for them. Why Canada, Jono? Like the width of Canada is a million times longer than the length of New Zealand. Why was Canada <laughs> the challenge? Because um, it's so freaking big that I wasn't sure if I could do it and I wanted to find out uh, if I could. Because uh, I walked the Tiaroa Trail in New Zealand last year and that was magic experience, fantastic. Um, but sort of barring a sort of unforeseen injury, I I was never really in any doubt about whether I could actually get the bluff, you know. I thought I could do it. But I heard about a few people that had run Canada before. Um, and, I, you know, especially especially the idea of going in Canada without a support van, without the entourage, that... My first time is when I heard about that being done, I was like, that's impossible. Like, not with those temperatures, not that distance. You know, it's like you can pretty much lay, like superimpose the map of New Zealand, especially with the, the route I'm taking, a bit of a dog leg. You, could, you can superimpose the map of New Zealand like four times almost over this journey. Um, and I was like, nah, nah, can't be done. And then, um, you know, as the, the hours and the days tick by, I was like, oh... Maybe maybe it could be done. Maybe you, know, you could sort out the weather by doing this, or you could you know you could sort out whatever you know you could solve the problems this and that way. So it might actually be done. And then I think when my thinking started to get to that point, I was as good as as good as done. Really, I I was I was um, sold, and I just bloody knew I had to do it. Now, no support crew. So we see these ultra running missions. I've seen. You know, they've, they've been done before, but there's a support van. You've got, you got physios. You can sleep in a, in a sleeper-type situation. You have fridges. You have cooks. How on earth are you supporting yourself, just you? How do you get your kid around? Um, so I've got a pram. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's nicknamed Shania, after Shania Twain, because... Uh, She's, she's she's from this part of the world, so I thought that'd be a good uh, good name for it. But yeah, me and Shania just bloody yeah running all the time. It's got all my crap in it. It's got uh, it's got my, my tent, my sleeping bag, my food, my computer, bloody uh, everything. Um, and yeah, I just sort of run on the shoulder of the road, uh, resupplying when I get to um, town. Sort of uh, probably every hundred k's or so apart, so I need to be able to carry a few days worth of food. 
Um, and then in terms of physio, like you mentioned, um, thankfully my best mate, he's a physio with High Performance Sport New Zealand. Um, he's based in Paris at the moment with you know, summer competing over there. Um, but yeah, we just we chat every now and then. Um, I tell him how the body's going. He gives me some tips. Uh, you know, I have to strap myself. Um, you know, in terms of looking after, you know, strapping the ankles, strapping the knees, all that sort of thing. That's all I do. That. Um, and then, it, it, you know, like I have prepared for this thing. I am I am expecting to do it. Prepared to do it totally um, solo and unsupported. But um, I haven't. Like there have been times where I'm like, you know, I, I am totally prepared to go and um, you know, sleep in this sleep in these trees tonight on the side of the highway. But um, I've had this offer from this lovely local family that I met, you know, down at the Walmart when I was buying bread before. They've offered me to come back to their place and, and you know, I can pitch my tent on their lawn or I can sleep in the garage. So so sort of uh, strictly speaking, like, you know, I'm I'm totally prepared for doing this thing 100% solo and, and I'm expecting to but there, it would also it would be wrong to say that there, there also haven't been a few nights where um, I've, I've taken up a few of these offers and you know, I've been I've definitely made sure that like I I'm not doing it out of necessity because then I'd probably I wouldn't feel right about calling it an unsupported journey I'm basically just doing it out of um because it's nice to do because they're wonderful people and I want to sort of get involved with the community while I'm here. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole story of how, I'm, how this trip is sort of being supported. How, now Canada is a massive country and they have lots of localised TV stations and radio stations and, and I'm guessing they, they tell their people of their, of their county or their towns or whatever it is that you're coming. Do, do you find that people, when you hit a town, they know you're arriving and how do those communities treat you? Um, not so much so far, um, a little bit, but because I'm still only in Newfoundland and Labrador, which is the, the most easterly province. Um, oh, so far I've only just, I've picked up about 500 K. Um, and yeah, I've probably gone through probably seven or eight towns on the, on the, on the highway so far. Um, and it wasn't until probably about, you know, let's say town number five that, um, any media at all sort of seems to care what I was doing and so you know probably for the first 350k it was just me and the pram um, and that was it I, I get the occasional toot from a car if I got to the top of a mountain or something like that but um, in the last year probably last week um, the local media here the Newfoundland media and then also super randomly um, got a phone call a couple of mornings ago got woken up by the producer of a national morning um, TV show um, since I've jumped on board and put the word out, I've got a few more sort of car toots on the road, I suppose. Um, yeah, a few people have recognised me, but it's not. It's not. It's not. No, you know, fancy. You know, I'm still just, <laughs> still just an idiot pushing a pram across the second biggest country in the world. <laughs> so you've been going about a, a month. Do you find that your mileage each day is going up or is it different each day depending on terrain? Um, tell, us, tell us about the logistics of working out how far you're going to run each day. Yeah, um, so I've got a plan that me and um, Andy, my program mate, figured out. Um, did a bit of training, did a reasonable amount of training before it. Um, but the starting mileage was only about um, 105k a week, which is actually reasonably low and um, 
and because before I began this, I was working, um, I was studying as well, so I could only fit in sort of about 12 to 13 hours a week of running. Um, and, you know, I was running with weights to, to try and add resistance and, and you know, I wouldn't have to run as long to get the same benefit and stuff. But still, that's sort of all the time I had. Um, so while pushing a pram, that sort of equates to, as I say, about 105 kilometres a week. And in order to, to, to give myself the best chance of remaining injury-free and getting through to the end, um, the rule we're working with is increasing the mileage by 10% per week. So it's actually quite low at the moment. I mean, I'm on week four now. Uh, or actually, today is the start of week five, and I've only just today ticked over. Um, today's my first day doing 23 kilometres a day, and I'm going to be sticking on that all week. And then next week it steps up, I think, to 20, 25 and a half, 26 kilometres a day every day. So it's a it's a gradual climb, um, but that ten percent per week rule it's pretty standard in the in the running world at least for avoiding plantar fasciitis, for avoiding runner's knee, for avoiding Achilles problems. Um, but that said, um, there was this um, business a couple of weeks ago, and um, and it was really hilly, uh, sort of connects this peninsula to the mainland here in New Zealand, and. And me and, um, me and Andy, the physio, we really hadn't foreseen how much work it would be pushing this pram up the hills. And obviously that's pretty, you know, it's, um, it's a no-brainer in hindsight. But, um, we, yeah, we really hadn't seen it. And they're massive sort of long sweeping hills over here. And so I'd be spending the better part of sort of half an hour at a time pushing this thing up hills. Um, and it took a massive toll on, the, on my legs, on the kinetic chain, and the first thing to go was the Achilles tendon in my right knee. Sorry, the patella tendon in my right knee. And, um, yeah, that pinged a couple of weeks ago after about 300 Ks. And um, took a few days off with that. And so that, that reduced the mileage a lot. I sort of had to get going again after that. And basically, like with a whole lot of strapping and exercises, just see how far it would go uh, pain-free and, and just using pain as sort of a threshold um, and see how much I could sort of squeeze out of it every day and thankfully um, I suppose there's a lot of your listeners will know like with, with tendons uh, particularly like tendons in the kinetic chain and your legs um, they don't necessarily recover best just from absolute rest it's um, one of those super cool win-win situations where they actually benefit from still having a bit of load uh, uh, bit of workload even though they're injured so I've been able to um, you know, strap it up um, a whole bunch of exercises, as I say, and still get sort of pretty close to um, what had been the planned mileage anyway out of it. So um, a little bit of a drop in the mileage plan just in sort of week two, week three. Um, but, it's yeah, it's come back in week four. And, yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm probably net difference as a result of that wee bit of tendonitis is probably up a hundred k's behind where planned. But it's been... It's recovered super well. I've been really surprised by um, how hardy an Achilles tendon is when it when it is sort of put under a healthy load. So my math says you've done 500 k's in four weeks. You've got to go about 8,000 k's, which is 64 weeks. But you're going to increase yeah. your distance. Have you set a, a loose target, or is it just however long it takes? That's how long it's going to take me. No, definitely got a target. Um, yeah, it's. It's really a wasting game. Um, it's, it's a patience game at the moment because you're right. 
500k is four weeks. That's actually not very fast. Um, I'm going to say this last week I've been doing half marathon a day and then that's it for the day because otherwise it's too much on the legs. So, um, yeah, to answer your question, the plan is to be getting up, um, doing that 10% uh, weekly mileage increase over the next sort of five, six weeks, or probably more than that, maybe sort of seven or eight, um, pretty much until we get up to like 45k a day, uh, yeah, k per day, uh, every day. And um, I've got it all, yeah, we've got the plan there, whether or not, you know, we can we can execute it as a different story, but um, it's reasonably conservative and it's got us, yeah, doing that increase, getting to that point, 45k a day every day, and then just sitting on that, um, right the way through and and the the sort of the graph for it all it's it sort of looks pretty peculiar because it's it's a super slow build but then you know i think like the first 2000 k's takes something ridiculous it's like the first it's like a third of the entire journey mm. and then um and then by the time you're sitting up on like 45 48k a day it zooms by it absolutely zooms by and um and, and it has you or it has me in Vancouver by sort of, I think it's the second week of November. Wow. Well, I'd like to, and you don't have to commit, so I'd like to catch up with you. What are we? We're the, we're the start of June. Let's catch up with you the start yep. of every month, and we'll just we'll track this 25Ks a day, and then next time we talk to you, you might be doing 35, and then we'll catch up with you again. You're yeah. doing your marathon, and we'll, we'll do the sights and sounds, and we'll take New Zealand on the journey with you, eh? It sounds fantastic, yeah, yep. Awesome to chat to you, mate. Like, it's unreal to think we're just sitting here in the morning in New Zealand, um, middle of the day, and you're about half past eight at night or something like that over in Canada. You've just done a half marathon, and the cause and the reason you're doing it's brilliant. Uh, have you got a social media platform that the listeners can log on and follow you? Absolutely, yeah. Um, my Instagram page is probably the best place to go to. Um, if you just search Jonathan Nabs or... I think the Instagram handle is John J O N dot Nabs. That's N A W B S. Uh, that'll take you there. And um, yeah, it's 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 picking up, and we're going to get to the point. Um, hopefully, next couple of days where we're doing live streams sort of every day. Just nothing too fancy, but just to sort of show you what the the landscape around here is looking like, and then sort of how I'm tracking that day and what the mileage is and things like that. So it should be good fun. Oh, mate, the, the, the task you set's admirable, and the fact that you're doing it is just um, brilliant. I, I just really applaud you, mate. So we will stay in touch. We'll let you get some kip. Um, keep an eye out for the bears and hyenas and snakes and insects or whatever else there is over there, mate. Um, uh, yep. Huge respect for you, mate. Go well. Thanks very much. Look forward to talking again soon. Cheers, mate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Denver 52, Miami 40. Wow, uh, two minutes go. to go in the first half. Four zip, Denver. <laughs> uh, Denver, still 52. Missed that shot. Man, I, I actually feel like I owe... The listeners an apology for um, oh, promise. We've only, we've only got an hour and a half to go for, for promising them that um, that this segment was going to be moved to the much more 
important and prioritised time of 12.40, and it's not happened. So I just want to apologise uh, well, to anyone that may have affected. Well, this been a bit different. It's not every day, every, every day you have an immortal week. It's true, actually. Mm. Yeah, things might change from next <coughs> Monday. Um, now, my first story today, Mark, is not going to be one that resonates with you because I know for a fact that you would have never engaged in this particular activity. But there is a, um, a video game that people will be familiar with on Nintendo called Duck Hunt. Um, pretty, self ex- pretty self-explanatory. Um, you go out hunting, you shoot some ducks. Now, back in the day, these sorts of games, and I remember them on Nintendo, there was another one that someone might be able to tell me about too that was on PlayStation. And when you bought the game, you also got a gun controller. Oh. So the gun that you got with the game obviously had buttons on it and it related to the game on the screen. You'd aim the gun and on the screen your, your little sight would sort of move around. Um... Well, a man by the name of David Joseph D'Alessandro, who's 25 years old... I'm scared where this is going. ...has been detained following an incident at a quick shop store in Sharon, South Carolina on Tuesday. Witnesses told police he came into the store wearing a wig, mask and a hoodie sweatshirt. He demanded cash, showing the cashier a gun in his waistband, which turned out to be a spray-painted Nintendo Duck Hunt Hunt (laughs) game pistol, according to York County Sheriff's (laughs) Office. Um... Apparently he has been uh, se- uh, he has been sent to a, a detention centre. Detention centre. I mean, is that just that just sounds like high school to me? You just slap on the wrist and away you go. Yeah, go and do your homework. Yeah, put the gun down. I've and, got a story uh, about give detentions the actually that I've never told you. I'll be interested to hear it. Um, South Korea, North Korea. I don't want to get into the politics of that, but there's a lot going on. Fair, as they say in the biz, fair bit. Fair bit going on. Now, South Korean officials have done what everyone else in the universe is doing right now, Steph. They've used artificial intelligence to find an answer to a question. And that question was, what is the weight of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un? Say that again. What is the weight of Kim Jong-un? Because he's a, he's a, he's a larger. Man. He's what they call an A-plus I'd give model. him. I'd give him about 125 kegs. I said A-plus, plus size, isn't it? Plus size model. Well, how much did you say? 100 and 125-ish. So um, they used AI to estimate this, right? So uh, what the AI spat out was, he appears tired with clear dark circles around his eyes during a public appearance on May 16th. He is estimated to weigh over 140 kgs, Mm. according to the AI analysis. Uh, Yu Sung Bum, a member of the Parliamentary Intelligence Committee, told reporters after a briefing by the National Intelligence Service. He did not say what the software was that he used, but he uh, said that the North Korean leader is suffering from severe sleeping disorder. That's coming from the AI as well. There has been speculation over his health over the years, guarded secretly by the state. Mm. He's uh, around 30, uh, 39 years old. No one knows that either, Steph. Um, and I just wonder if this is one of those whole North Korea, South Korea, guys, we just got to come up with something here. We haven't, we, haven't, we haven't said anything in a couple of months. Why don't we ask ChatGPT for something? Okay, mm. what do we ask him? I don't know. Let's find out the guy's weight or something. Okay, chat GBT, what's his weight? 149 kids. Let's go and stand in front of a bunch of reporters. And let's tell them what we've found. Job done. What's in it for them, eh? Oh, it's, uh, it did make me laugh, though, that they have to use AI to find out what the answer is. And this one is going to cause some controversy. Time Crisis, Dale, you beautiful man. Time Crisis was the PlayStation game, staff where you got two, I think you got two pistols, Dale, didn't you? You could play with a mate, and you sort of have to, you, you pull away from the TV, staff, and that puts your guy into cover. Oh, okay. And then you come back, and you aim, and then you go back to cover. Oh, no, you put your gun down. You put your gun down, you go into, go into cover. There was um, one you used to lift it up, and it would reload. That, that's Time Crisis. That's oh, Time okay. Crisis. Up to reload, and down, I think it's down to take cover. 
Now, this one is going to cause a little bit of consternation or more of... It's going to fire you up. Fired me up. It's going to fire you up, Steph. It'll fire people up on the text line as well. Airbnbs, mm-hmm. right? And Airbnbs are frustrating at the best of times. I hate checkout. I hate... What is up with checking out at 10 a.m.? I know. It's stupid. We can we can have that discussion another time. Well, um, a surprised Airbnb guest has shared a long list of additional rules left by the host of their accommodation. Um, they haven't said where it is, but it was on Reddit. Uh, they showcased the list, which detailed 12 extra rules directing the guests on how they may or may not use the holiday accommodation. The first point on the list outlines that the accommodation is expected to mainly be a short stay place. Mm-hmm. The rule states that if a guest brings more than two big items, they must be kept in external storage. <laughs> like suitcases. Correct. The list also suggests that long-term guests can only use the washing machine every four days. Oh, for God. Similarly, it states that a visitor staying for less than four days cannot use the washing machine or the kitchen. Working and studying from home is not allowed, nor is heavy internet use. Oh. Finally, and most unusually, the list states that toilet paper will be supplied only on the first day and that towels are supplied on request. <laughs> now, like I said, EMBMEs can be frustrating at the best of time, staff, but that just takes it to a whole nother level. Mm. Imagine seeing that when you just rock up to your stay. And as far as I'm aware, I don't, I'm not actually sure this is on the website. This might be a as-you-arrive type scenario. Yeah, welcome so, to your Airbnb. Here's the rules. Yeah. Someone actually commented. I've only had good experience with Airbnb myself. Really? Not a so, frequent user, but. Someone actually commented underneath and said, uh, What are they going to say next? Like, no pets, no kids. Actually, no one. We don't want you to stay here. Mm. This isn't online anymore. It's pretty much the direction it's heading. I used to have to use Airbnb in Dunedin when there was all black test matches because all the hotels no, were booked out by teams, media, that sort of thing. And mm. I stayed in this, one of the oldest houses in Dunedin. Haunted? Uh, potentially. Mm. Um, the highest ceilings I've ever witnessed, I'd give it a good 18-foot stud, chandelier. Wow, was it a church? It was amazing. Um, with the And middle of winter, Dunedin gets cold, the smallest fan heater ever invented <laughs> on full for two full days, and it never warmed up. Oh, wow. Jeez, it was it cold. T- but it tough, was, tough living. It was nice. Tough though. living yeah, in Dunedin. Do you want a fact? Yes. Um, there have been more than 70 cases of transplant patients, so obviously that's self-explanatory, you get a transplant, liver, kidney, whatever it is. Mm. There's been more than 70 cases of transplant patients reporting experiencing thoughts and emotions similar to those of their organ donors. <gasps> this has led to a theory that memories can be stored in the cells of our bodies. Some transplant recipients have even reported inheriting, inheriting talents or craving their donor's favourite food. Wow. How about that? I like that. Do you think it's all in your head, though? Mm. I've got a quick fact for you. Go on. Drownings in the world. Yes. More in salt water or fresh water? Well, I mean, the cliche would be to say salt water, but I think you're going to say fresh. 90% of all drownings in the world, fresh water. Well, pools and stuff, I guess. Pools and baths. I didn't think of pools. I was thinking lakes and rivers, you see. Well, yeah, that pools, lakes and rivers, where I guess salt water is literally just the ocean. But you'd imagine that 90% of the water in the world is in the ocean, mm, but 90% of the drownings are in That's fr- a big number. Water. 90% is a massive number. So Yeah, I'd like to thank the stuff quiz from this morning for that stat. Bit uh, depressing though, that one. Let's go and have a, a news update. Uh, and Karen does that.
Cruising down State Highway 111 to Tronish. Brenda Popperwell joins us, TAB. Game one. Game one of the NBA finals. I can imagine the trading will be active. Oh, through the roof, Mark Stafford. And <laughs> there's, a, there's a little bit of extra uh, today as well for this match. Is we have live power plays. Now, we know the oh. punters out there are loving power plays. Uh, well, we've got live power plays. If you jump on the uh, the Nuggets game and uh, and the Heat, 101 Nuggets, $12 Miami Heat, not going to be back into betting into that. We'll jump over to the next tab and you'll find yourself power plays, live power plays. And then you can start playing into Jokic, 20 assists. He's already got 10, $6.50. If you find any other miracles in there. Uh, hang, on, the hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Jokic has got 10 already. He needs 20. Mm-hmm. For six dollar fifty odds, yes. What is going on? It should be ten first half, ten second half. It's like fifty. It should be two bucks. Well, is he going to be on the court for the whole time in the second half, Mark Stafford, with the, the possibility of a blowout? So you have to keep thinking those little things as well in your mind. So, wow, will the team have put that together with that thought process? Um, wow. Yeah, that has been quite popular though. Was, yes. Is what I've what okay. I've been, Please continue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if you want to go again, just live quarter power plays. Uh, Jokic should get five assists in the third quarter is currently sitting uh, at $5.50. So there's a few little different things to work with uh, around the NBA. Uh, Super Rugby, we'll touch on Super Rugby. Uh, Blues v Highlanders. Seen some money for the Highlanders on the point start line here, actually, Mark. Um, around the 15 and a half is where the line sits at the moment. And there's been some good interest in the Highlanders uh, at that line. Uh, Blues, as I said, one sixteen. Highlanders five dollars, and, and even on the five dollars uh, for the Landers, uh, ha- has taken uh, a few nibbles throughout the afternoon. Amazing, amazing. Um, Drua, I'm, I'm interested in that Drua two dollars ten. I took them in my show me the money tab fifty dollar bonus bet multi we did yesterday. I took the Drua head to head. Yep, yep. Well, the Drua along with the uh, along with the Canes, uh, one of the the better supported outsiders. Now I know they're only just the outsiders, but uh, they're two dollars and ten cents. Yeah, that, they've been well taken. They've been ta- they've been taken in the winning team and margin, and also in that head to head line. Uh, winning team and margin, three ten one to twelve uh, for the Drua, and five twenty five thirteen and over uh, is one of the better played options uh, there for the Drua. But yeah, two ten has been swallowed up, a- along with a couple of other head to heads. The, the the Canes definitely uh, at the two seventy prices where they sit. Crusaders one forty seven. Uh, there has been interest in the, in the Canes price, but these, the bigger bets have been around the Crusaders. We've seen uh, a number of big bets roll in this afternoon, a couple of $2,000 bets uh, around the Crusaders. We've seen support for Crusaders in that uh, power play line. Crusaders to win 11 to 20, but are refunded if they win by 6 to 10 or 21 to 25. That's always a, uh, a nice little insurance for power play, power play punters. So that's been also taken. And some money for the force. I Ooh. will say this, Steph, just with the team that's been announced around the Chiefs, there has been a, a little nibble around the force. What have the Chiefs got to play for? Uh, 220, the Western Force. They've got, a, they've got something to play for at home against the table toppers. Uh, so a little bit of money for them in the last uh, few hours. I thought the Chiefs team wasn't too bad. Was, was I jumping the gun? Oh, no, no, no. I think, I think, there's, I think they've got enough players there to say that they can... Uh, can do the do the number, but um, of course we've seen a few come home. 
uh, after Canberra. But yeah, just a couple of a couple of little nibbles just to go. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, all right. And um, being a Friday and being a good racing man, pops, you've you've slotted me into a couple of four or five dollar shots in, in previous weeks. Going to put the heat on you for something tomorrow. Um, I actually like one today, Steph. Um, Even better. <laughs> there's a former, sorry, it's a current Kiwi. It's running today at the Sunshine Coast. Uh, race three, number eight, Corvette. Now it's a Wexford uh, O'Sullivan Scott runner. It's only eight runners in the race. It was fair last time, but it was very good two starts ago when winning at Ipswich. They actually were trying to get to the Queensland Derby. He sits at 360. I thought his price was pretty good. And in the last race at the Sunshine Coast, race eight at eight o'clock tonight, eight thirty tonight, a horse by the name of Master Marco uh, was trained by the Tylers down in the Deep South, uh, looking for more ground, and he's twelves into eight fifty, taking a nice little move. I thought he was a bit on the edge way. I like actually three sixty's all right in an eight horse field. That's actually a reasonable price in an eight horse <clears throat> eight horse field. So I'm going to take that to win and Master Marco to place multi. There's my there's my there's my track. Okay. Well, even top four. Uh, top four's 210. Okay. Wanted to go a little bit later. There we go. Pops, enjoy your weekend, buddy. Cheers, Steffi. You too, mate. See you, buddy. Uh, Brennan Popwell, TAB. Download the app. All of the live betting odds are there, particularly those in, in play, power play. 650 from to just get 10. Oh, I'm going to keep a close eye on that. We're going to talk some netball after the break. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. We're going to talk some netball now, and one of my favourite netball correspondents, Courtney Coco Tyree. I'm imagining she's watching Miami Denver at the moment. Hi, Steph. How are you? Well, I am currently about to leave the gym to go home and watch, but it is on the screens here. <laughs> nice, mate. Nice. Um, a very obvious question. Uh, well, my summation of this final, Northern Mystics, Northern Stars, the two Auckland teams. It's a great local derby in Hamilton, which is an anomaly in itself. I feel like it's up to the Mystics who wins this game. I agree with you 100%. And I think everything is in their favour. It's just whether or not they can get it done on the day. And we saw only two weeks ago they played the Stars in round 12. Uh, and whilst they did get the win, it was only by five points. And so in the Stars, they've been in two grand finals. Is it third time lucky? I'm not sure. Who's Who are the key players for the Stars? You need big match temperament. I mean, they've been to the finals twice. They've lost both of them. They've got some youngsters. They've got some experience. Who who, who are the two key players for you for the Stars? This is a very good question. And I've been thinking about this very hard. And I think <laughs> it is, first of all, whoever plays wing defence. Because you know Grace can shoot and will shoot close to 60 goals a game. But a lot of her fees are from Petra Tuiaba. So for me, whoever's playing wing defence for the Stars has got the biggest job of the afternoon, and that's shutting down Petra. And so is it Simone Nathan, who used to be at the Mystics, who knows Petra very well and can really take it to her? Or depending how the Stars play their defensive end with Nawai South out, she's a goalkeeper. Then do you put Holly Fowler at wing defence and get those long-rangey arms over Petra's ball? Allow Petra to get the ball, but have hands over so she can't literally just turn around and bomb it straight into Grace. So for me, the biggest... Uh, 
the two biggest players for the Stars is whoever's playing wing defence. And for me, I'm thinking Holly Fowler, so which then means the other big player has to be Clara Nawai Southout at goalkeeper. And she's got the job of trying to shut Grace down. Or if Holly's got her arms over the ball and getting the ball raised up nice and high to Grace, then Kalira has to come around the front and try and go for those intercepts. Mm. Sounds yeah. easy in theory. Yeah, I think... Um... I think Holly Fowler, she didn't play the week before and then she played last week in the elimination final. I think she was the difference. Like, she is such a competitor and come, just turns up when you think, where did she come from? Like, And she's a bit of an unsung, I was going to say hero. What are they? Heroine. She's a bit of an unsung heroine for the stars. And I think fully utilised, give her a starting bib and watch her go. I agree with you 100%. And it doesn't matter where you put her. She will just grind for the whole game and she will get the job done. Now, last weekend, the fans got to vote for the MVP, but I can tell you in commentary, the commentary player of the match was Holly Fowler. Mm. She went about her job. She turned all over. She set up stuff defensively for Ellie Temu, but she was just outstanding that whole game. And she, I think she's up for this really big occasion. The only thing I can see against the Northern Mystics is it'll be a fortnight since they played. Now, in a competition where quite often well, you play at least once a week, sometimes twice a week, very foreign not to play for a fortnight. You've been in this competition before. You've played at the highest level. What effect does having two weeks of no... They would have had meaningful trainings. They might have got the Mystics men in for, for some training. But is, the, is this something I should be concerned about if I was a Mystics fan? Yes, I think it is such a disadvantage that they really haven't played in two weeks. And then the last team that they did play was the Stars. So yes, they did play a match against uh, they brought in another team to play against it. Some of them were the men. But you can't replicate a full-on 60-minute ANZ Premiership match. So for them, as much as they're trying to get time in their legs and under their belt, they really are two weeks without match play, which I think does say a lot. Whereas the Stars, they're going to bring that momentum from last weekend. They got pushed. They put their foot down against the Pulse. They've got their confidence is high. And so they would take a lot from beating the Pulse, not just the match time, but also all the systems that they did, all the combinations that they ran, but also that winning feeling, having their backs against the wall and then being able to come out from halftime and absolutely blitz them in the third quarter. So there's so many positives that the Stars, I believe, have over the Mystics who haven't played in two weeks. Former Sylph and Courtney Tidy joining us also, um, host of Netball Zone. Last thing, Courtney, um, the Hamilton as the host of the final, the structure of the tournament this year, no trials for the Silver Ferns. Has the ANZ Premiership prepared our players well enough, do you think, to go to the Worlds with a bit of confidence from us? Yes, and I can say after the first couple of rounds where some in the ANZ Premiership, but some of the games were you know, 20, 30-point hidings. We were thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a disaster. But then the competition rolled on and teams are pushed to their limit. We've had so many games go into extra time, so many games within the bonus point, even one point. And so it really put our players under pressure. And I think especially in this back end of the competition, you've got to really see some players stand up uh, in those situations and other players, I guess, just sort of, faded out of games and for me watching from the sideline I for me it was a really good uh, competition to test out our players and I think the Silver Fern selectors would have went oh interesting this player can do this especially also in the short 
competition rounds. So sometimes you have to play on a Saturday than a Monday, which replicates the World Cup. So they're getting to see players, how they can perform day in, day out in very uh, short spaces of time. So I think the competition, especially the back end, has been unreal uh, for the Silver Ferns and to really test them. And in saying that, we will be naming them on next Wednesday, so on Wednesday the 7th. I believe it is, at 1 p.m. live on Sky Sports. So, and we'll talk to Dame Nolan Toto and we'll talk to the team. So we are all like on the edge of our seats. Like, who is Dame Nolan going to pick to head to the World Cup? Yeah, so much discussion points. Coco, here, really appreciate your time. I'll let you go home, get your protein shaken and watch the end of uh, Game 1 of the NBA Finals. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, Steph. Thanks so much for having me. There she is, Coco. Courtney Tyree, uh, former Fern on the Netball, which is live here on Sunday. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Second flat in Palmerston North, I flattered with a DJ, and this was his groove, was this this stuff. Luther Vandross, Grover Washington Jr. Oh, you're just taking me back to, I'm just trying to remember the name of the street, it was next to Homestead Chicken, and he was also addicted to that. The old sweetbreads, the crumbed mushrooms, the Homestead-style chicken. Good stuff. Jeremy Paul's coming up. Get your questions in. We've had a few in, um, so we'll have him after 2 o'clock. Uh, good return to the LPGA, uh, good return to form for Lydia Ko. Uh, she's three under after the first round, tied fifth. Uh, seven under is leading that tournament. Not so good news for Foxy. He needs to make a massive run in his second round. He's about four shots off making the cut, so he needs to surge. But he can. We'll keep him, keep him up to date. 74.55 to Denver. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. From the NBA Finals Game 1 sees Denver Nuggets 79, Miami Heat 16. Remember I said that Jokic only needed 10 How assists? How many assists? He's got one so far yep. in this half. Yep, okay, okay. <laughs> it's Just, what they do, don't they? It is what they do. Oh, jeepers. A text is coming from uh, Leanne saying, I'm looking forward to the netball final. Would like to see the Stars win as they play more exciting netball. The Silver Fern squad will be interesting to see. Good luck with the call on Sunday, Steffi. I'm going to mute the TV and listen to you and Brooke. Leanne, love you, Leanne and Palmy. City of the current, Palmerston North. Um, do keep your text messages coming in from JP, uh, for JP. We've got a swag of them in already, but we'll get through them all because right now it's time for...
It's time for the Jeremy Paul Show with your hosts, Mark Stafford and Jeremy Paul. Jeremy Paul Show. And it's a big g'day to WA. How you going, JP? Ah, Kia ora, bro. Uh, awesome. Hey, Perth, what a place. What are you doing just, there? You know, oh, no, I'm just doing the stuff, cash, cash, like, you know. Ah, oh, ka-ching, 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 yeah, boy. Ka-ching, ka-ching, ching <laughs> Oh, man, got it. i got babies to feed, man. i got babies to feed. Kids <laughs> need shoes. Mama needs clothes. Like, yeah, man, it's just got to do this. Ah, oh, look, it's, it was funny, though, the, the bloke from the rugby club rang me and said, oh, do you think you can come over on on in, for June the second? I know you're going to have a newborn. I was like, mate, book me in. <laughs> book me in. Book me in. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. Like you got to work, right? Like you got to you got to put food on the table. So, sorry, my poor wife at home with a newborn. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, mate, she'll get a gift. She'll get a gift. Of course she does. She's got me. Oh, it's true. It's true. Life. Right, let's get on to the homework I gave you. We've been doing our immortals of yes. all, all the five Super Rugby franchises. It'll be very interesting to see from your point of view um, who each team's immortal should be. So you tell me your two, and then I'll tell you the five that were voted by the New Zealand public. So we'll start with the Blues. Start with the Blues? Yep. Well, mate, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dougie Hallett. Right, like I, I, I think Dougie Howlett consistently was was one of their best players. Did, didn't get the accolades that he should have, and probably could have played more All Black games. But in terms of a Blues player, ultra consistent, scored the most amount of tries, um, and in big moments. Like I think that's when you measure a player mm. for greatness or for inductees is those big moments. And and Dougie was there, man. So. Yeah, he's he's my pick. What, what, what was the crowd? What what was the uh, well in order? In order, it was Carlos Spencer followed by Kev Mialamu, followed by Doug Howlett, Jerome Kano, Ali Williams. They were the five Blues oh, voted. Yep. Boom. Right, yep. Chiefs. Oh, hard hard to go past Marty Holler, but I I have to go Liam Messam. Like I just think, God, he was tough. Like what a player, and just. And just bled Chiefs, right? Mm. <laughs> he was just the Chiefs man, and I, I think when again, I, I look at I look at inductees as being consistent for that franchise, like not necessarily going on and being great All Black players, um, because potentially guys like you know you look at um, you know Marty Holler and, and Liam Messam, and you know, when you got Richie McCaw in front of you, it's pretty tough. Like, but in terms of a Chiefs player. Yeah, I, I couldn't go past Liam Messam. Perfect. Um, ours was Messam, number one. Uh, Cruden, Jono Gibbs, Beaver Donald, Marty John Holler. Gibbs. Yeah, Jono Gibbs, he was a player and a half. Right, we go down to Hurricane Valley. Ooh. <laughs> oh, tough to go past Jerry Collins, but I think I think my number one would have to be Christian Cullen. Um Every time we played the, every time we played the Canes, it was, I don't know, he just he just always wanted to pull his best out against the Brumbies, but <laughs> he was unbelievable. Like you just, you you go to tackle him right, like because you, you, you knew you, you you knew that you you couldn't 
give him space. You had to get on top of him as quickly as possible. So he had to he had to try and take his space. And then when you try to take his space, he just went put the afterburners on, and you were just like you were <laughs> you were you were grabbing thin air. Put it that way. So yeah, Christy Cullen was my pick. Right, we had yep Cullen number one. Tana Umanga, Jonah Lomu, Conrad Smith, Jerry Collins. Look at you go. Yeah. Look at you go. Right, we go down to Crusaders. Tough one, man, because I've got so many legends. Mm. Like, yeah, real tough. Um, obviously, and then you, you've got players that have gone on and coached as well, like Toddy Blackadder, Brad Thorne, uh, Liam McDonald. Like, not only have they produced some of the greatest players, but they're also producing some of the best coaches. <laughs> um, but, look, I... He, he was a favourite player of mine, Kieran Reid. I, I just, like he, not only obviously the all-black captain and the way he played, but I think he just revolutionised the number eight position. Like he was very good, obviously, in the line-out with his height um, and set piece off the back of the scrum, but his work around the field. Uh, and then obviously taking over as the captain, as his game went to another five levels. Um, you know how some players just love having that captaincy and that leadership and it just transforms their game. And yeah, I just, I, I had to put in Yoda, Greg Somerville. You're there, brother. <laughs> I had you up there, but yeah, I just couldn't go past Karen Reid. All right. So ours in order were Richie McCourt, Dan Carter. Oh, yeah. Take away Richie and Dan Carter. Go, come on, you blokes. Come on. <laughs> Can't. Take away the two <laughs> obvious ones. Uh, uh, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall and Todd Blackadder. And, well, Todd, yeah, yeah, 100%. And Kieran Reid, he actually won the whole franchise thing, sixth man. So he was the highest vote across all the franchises that didn't make his teams five. So um, he got the Jeremy Paul medal for being sixth man. <laughs> and then today... I'll tell you a funny, yeah. tell you a funny story about Mertz. And this is, the, this is where the game's gone, right? Like, you know how now the, the, the ruckuses and the malaise when you got all the wingers and backs coming in and all this sort of stuff because it didn't happen back in the day right because they know they'd get punched in the face i remember i remember in the 04 final mercy was hilarious there's a little dust up between mark gerard and, and justin marshall i think he actually marshall he was a tough little bugger yeah he actually punched punched gerardo split him open and then it all sort of died down. It's still a little bit, little bit angry. And then Mertz comes screaming in right in the middle and goes, "Oh, you're lucky it's finished. You're lucky I didn't start like this one." And it, both teams looked at him and started laughing, and it actually calmed the situation. Like it was hilarious. It was oh, so nice. Lucky I didn't start. You're lucky I didn't start. Like it. Let's go down south for the Highlanders. Ooh, tough one. Um, but I can't go past Kane Randall. Look, I, I thought in all my years playing against uh, playing against the uh, the Highlanders, he was by far the most ultra consistent. Um, again, didn't I mean? Look, he was the All Black captain. Um, unfortunately, got blamed a couple of times. I think when they lost. But in terms of a Highlanders player, he was he was outstanding. Outstanding. Yeah, he, he's been tarnished by that five all-black losses in a row. Um, he did get a number of votes, but he didn't make the five. So here's the five. Tony Brown, uh, ben, ben Smith. Ben Smith, yes, yes. of course. Yes, my other favourite player. Jeff yeah, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Josh yeah. Cromfeld. Of course. And Ash Dixon, hooker. Yep. Much yeah, loved. Was, he, 
Yeah, much love. Yeah, he's a consistent player too. He was mm. pretty good. Right. Probably could have played a few more black games. Fantastic. Right. We're going origin with you, JP, oh. before we go super rugby. I know how much you love your rugby league and uh, origin Wednesday night. If you are Brad Fittler, what do you do for game two? Oh, my goodness. Um, look, origin is one on those key moments, right? Like it's it, – the thing, the thing for me with the Blues was they had the game. Like they had the game and then down to 12 men and they just rugby league's all about getting into the grind. Like you just do your five kick for, for territory and the blues had all the territory, all the possession. Like, I don't think there's much to change for Brad Fittler apart from them executing their roles. Like that, that's at that level, at that elite level, one mistake, like Pangai Jr., he, he, he tackle one running up, pops the ball back, gets turned over, and they score. Like it's penalties, like discipline. Like it's a couple of penalties they score off the back of those. Like it's, it's very, very minute things. Like week-to-week NRL, you can get away with that rubbish. But when you're at that elite level, one mistake will lose the game. So I, I, to be honest, like I'll – wouldn't go be wouldn't go changing the team. I thought the team was good. Obviously, if Latrell Mitchell is fit, you'd bring in Latrell because he just he's just that that good of a player. Um, but I think of all the players, like when you lose a game like that, and having been in games like that where we've lost, and knowing that you could have won it and you didn't play your best, it actually gives you a bit of confidence going into the next game. Mm. It really does. Like it, you know, if you ice your moments. And you take the opportunities that get given to you and you obviously increase your discipline. They win that game. They win that game easy. Well, not easy because Queensland are always notoriously. Because the game, State of Origin and like Bledisloe like Cups, World Cup Finals. They are. I just felt like they missed... Uh, the Tommy Turbo of two years ago, the James Tedesco of last year, you know, their, their big match heroes of origin didn't turn up. And, and I think I agree with you. You give them an opportunity. You just don't chuck them out straight away because they, they both went near their best. Um, yeah, but it's, a, it's amazing. See, we've got so many questions, JP. So uh, yeah, ra- let's, ra- get them. let's get them. So I'm going to paraphrase a whole heap that all of them have Eddie Jones written in them. What's he doing announcing he's resigning at the end of World Cup two months after signing on for five years? Is it Eddie Jones mind games again? What's he done? I haven't read that. Is he is he resigning after the 27 World Cup? Is he? No, after this one. He said, win or lose, I'm done at the end of this World Cup. Win or lose. Eddie Jones? Yeah. What's he doing? <laughs> No, that can't be right. It's right. I have not. No way. He hasn't come. They've, they've signed him for five years. I know, but he's resigned. Uh, in fact, I'll get the quote. I'll get the quote for you. Um, will, uh, what does Eddie Jones, uh, what will his shock decision mean for Super Rugby? So Eddie Jones' declaration, he will stop coaching the Wallabies after the World Cup win or lose. He was on the Evening Standing Rugby podcast and he dropped the bombshell, win or lose, I'm out. Dave Rennie would be sitting there reading that going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Is that a game that Eddie would play? No, I I, I really don't know. 
I, I don't I, I don't see how this is even possible. Like he's taken a five year deal. Um and you like as a coach, you'd actually want this next five years, particularly with the British and Irish Lions coming in twenty twenty seven, rugby world cup at home. Um sorry, twenty twenty five, the British Irish Lions coming to Australia, twenty twenty seven, the rugby world cup, twenty twenty nine, the women's rugby world cup. It's it's actually gonna be hopefully a a, a very successful period for Rugby Australia mm. in terms of financial gain, financial gain. And that's what we need. Um, hopefully the financial gain will be indicative of how we're playing on the field, right? So um, if we're successful financially, then we've obviously improved from a playing performance. But, yeah, I would have thought it would be a very exciting role, like the Wallabies coming up. And there's a lot of... Um, interest within the game here so yeah I, I don't know if that's true man i look i i just quickly googled it while i'm talking to you because i to my wife and to every other female men can do two things at once um i was uh i've just read a little quick little read and it was like what I don't know if that's, is it real? Well, he's quoting, so here's his quote again from a different website. I'm only coaching to this World Cup, I've signed. But as I've made the mistake before, I've stayed too long. So we win the World Cup, it'll be time to go. If we lose the World Cup, it'll be time to go. Well, that's 2027, bro. This World Cup, he said. This, I'm only coaching to this World Cup. That's his quote. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but because um, we because we got a little, we got our own little, um, obviously little group chat with um, uh, with all the past Brumbies players, and uh, we have a good giggle. And Joe Roth just been named the president of Rugby Australia. Wow! So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Great. Um, yeah, amazing, mate. Look, in his. He will be amazing at it. So the boys are already into him about getting free tickets. So, <laughs> um, no, and nothing's been said. So, yeah, yeah, man, that's blowing me away. That I, I just couldn't see that being true. But hey, look, we've seen crazier things, right? Mm. Um, Ken, your mate Ken from Auckland. Ken, yeah, not really a question. It's a statement which I'll read. Staffy for JP. The Brumbies Mad Monday is looming very quickly as my boys, the Blues, march on to the final, as you said they would. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I do have a question from Mikey. Uh, JP, what happened last week and what do the Brumbies need to change to have any chance for finals weekends coming up in June? Have I lost them? I think I might have lost them. I wondered why he sort of stopped that answer to Ken. Yeah, because he would have had a comment. It shows that the line's still up. Should we just wait for him to come back? Maybe unmute your uh, handset, Jeremy, if that's what you've done. If you can still hear us, because we can't hear you. Can he ring back on that same code, Sam? He's put us on mute. Yeah, he can. He's put us on mute. Oh, he's, he's gone. He's hung up. He'll come back. We'll just put him straight on when he dials back. I've actually got a question for JP as well. I'm going to ask if that's okay, Steph. Certainly. Um, here he is. We'll just put him straight back on. Give it a second. Here he comes. There he is. You got, mate, I'm screaming into the phone. Ken! Ken! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ken cut you off. <laughs> now nah, look. Mate, I, I could say the same about the Blues. They have not been the side that I thought they'd be this year. But look, I, the one thing the Brumbies can change 
is not change their team. Like I think if they can keep some consistency in their selections and it's obviously been incredibly difficult for both countries with international protocols and resting them for the World Cup and um, I feel that going into the finals you need to play your same team at least like this round well I would have thought they wouldn't changed it for this round but they have again um, I would have thought last week against the Chiefs they would play the number one team and then play that go through to the finals so um but again, they've gone and changed the side this week. So I, I, I just don't I, I don't, I don't get it. But there's obviously a, a method to um, Stephen Larkin's sort of selection um, and how he's doing it. It must be in conjunction with Rugby Australia. So, mm. um, but I would have thought getting a bit of cohesion and some combinations going. Like that's, I, I remember when we won the the final and when we won our first final and I won when we because we lost it in two thousand, and we played and we, we were coming in. It was two games. We got had the bye, came back, and we had a bit of a rest. And then two weeks before the finals, we said, "Radio, we got to muscle up." Like that was the one call we said we got to muscle up in defence. And I think we had one try two tries scored against us in the next four games. Sure. So because we, and we had the same team. So I would have thought leading into at least four games out, like to the final, you would, um, or three games leading into the finals, you would, you would look at getting some consistency in selections. That's, that's the only thing. Cause I think as, a, as, as across the park from one to 15 or one to 22, I think the Brumbies on their day can beat any side in the competition. They've proven that. Mm. Um, but I think it's just that consistency of playing together personally. And last one, very quickly, a few people have said, JP, who plays the final, Super Rugby? Oh, it's looking like a Chiefs Crusaders, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, but we have seen in the in the past where the most consistent side all year, when it comes to finals, man, the pressure. Um, I, I still believe the Brumbies can sneak in there and I still think the Blues are a good side. Um and look, some of the lower sides around. Uh, is it be interesting this weekend? Rod fighting for that sort of sixth, seventh, eighth position between the Reds, the Rebels, the Jura. Um, uh, I think the Force the are Force. even in there. Yeah, uh, the Waratahs are through, which is good. Um, but even on their day, like if things go right, they could they could pull a smoky. So, um, but definitely the most consistent sides have been the Chiefs and the Crusaders. So. Um, talking with your head, it would be that would be the final. Um, but I think I think the Canes again on their day, um, they've shown some really good footy, really really good footy. So oh, I still think it's up in the air, bro. I really do. It would be interesting to see what happens after this weekend. Awesome, mate. Which beach are you closest to in WA? <laughs> now I'm in the city. Oh, okay. So- Wherever the lunch is, I get a hotel there, so that way I can stumble home later. Nice. And Sammy's got a quick question for you too. Yeah. I did actually, JP. Given you're over in WA, Western Force Territory, I actually saw last night, yesterday, they, they've announced a new signing staff. I don't know if you saw this. A guy from uh, the Leicester Tigers in the UK by the name of Harry Potter. <laughs> And I want to know if JP knows anything about him, if he's gone over and paid him a visit while he's in WA. And maybe a one-liner that's going to get a th- going to get thrown out in the commentary box, Steph, because you'd imagine Harry Potter is just a walking meme oh. for the next two oh, or three years. Isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? <Harry laughs> Literally, 18 wow. hours ago, wow. we're announcing Harry Potter. Wow. That's awesome. 
That is sad. But, uh, I think there's that little um, – because I, I mean, my daughter actually sends me all of them. Like there's TikTok reels and all that sort of stuff. And there's that one where the guy is like, I'm from Slippery Slytherin. Like it's, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> like I – but you can you imagine the commentators during it like Harry Potter? Oh, but we've had some classic names though. What about the names though, like the commentators these days and actually trying to pronounce the the Maldi and and South Pacific Islander names properly? I kudos to them. Mm. Kudos to all our commentators now, particularly in Australia. Like in Australia, we've we've been incredibly poor. So, oh. I tell you what, they have a field day with Harry Potter. Yeah, magic from Harry Potter. He's, he's grabbed the broomstick and away he goes. Oh, you've been waiting. To, you've been dying to say that. I right? have. I've got, oh, I've, I've got a whole list he's here. He's a so. wizard. <laughs> you've got a whole list. <laughs> JP, we've got a scoot. Uru, my boy. Yeah, bro. Go the Brumbies. Up the Brumbies. Jeremy Paul Show. Over and out. Take a bite of mini mini money more and flower, you're the chosen one. Of course, Love Racing is your destination for all things racing, and you can find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz. Now, I spied this young man who I used to spy every single day until a few months ago, and he went back to the dark side, down to uh, Christchurch. Louis Herman Watt is joining me in studio. I feel like playing the breaking news developing stories. It must be something big that's brought you back to Auckland. Well, it wasn't fog, because we have plenty of that down where I'm from, (laughs) and we love it, don't we? (laughs) Don't we? Um, I had a really interesting opportunity just Half an hour ago, Staffy, I've spent an hour with the CEO of Entain Australia, Dean Shannon, who uh, many people would have heard of and heard about recently, probably in the last 10 days, as the TAB has gone into a 25-year strategic partnership with mm-hmm. Entain. Uh, they are a global betting behemoth. We're talking America with their MGM brands, um, Ladbrokes in the UK and in Australia. And Dean is going to be very hands-on in New Zealand with the the face of the new TAB and actually some other brands that you'll come across. And I've recorded 40 minutes with him. Wow. We went in-depth about the deal, about Entain, about himself, about how he sees wagering, about prices, about punters' promise, about winning. He didn't shirk a question, and I asked as many as I thought were responsible for the punters, and... Um, at 9am tomorrow, we play it back during the mail run. So I'm pretty excited to share that. And yeah, he's a fascinating guy. I really, really enjoyed talking to him, actually. You know the whole thing around this TAB, Entain, merger, takeover, by whatever you want to call it. I think the communication's been really good. Right from the minister, um, Dean Shannon being over here from Australia, saying yes to a chat and what you've indicated, he didn't shy away from it. I think the comms needs a big tick. Yeah, there's uh, hasn't been. It's been a sore point in racing and the TAB's um, public facing aspect throughout the years. I think it's fair to say, and punters have felt heard often, and some punters still don't think that they've felt heard. But that's fine. There's always going to be a small minority that don't agree. I I would tend to agree with you, Staffy. I mean, I've not to pat ourselves on the back, but it helps having a dedicated sport and racing radio station. That, it does. 
weekend and you know like we did a show a special show last saturday where we talked to bruce sharrick and kira mcanulty and the codes etc so uh, i think it helps that there's a, a framework now to kind of share this stuff but they haven't shirked it they haven't walked away and just pulled the trigger and then and you know the fact that as you say dean's uh, wanting to introduce himself to new zealanders and punters um it's exciting it's promising and yeah, like I think there's enough in there. I mean, there's some stuff in there that'll make people go, hmm. But there's, you know, there's some stuff that you'd expect here. But there's enough in there that make you made me, and you know, take my opinion for what it is, made me go, do you know what? I again feel buoyed that at least we've got passionate people that care, and their thinking's not too far from mine where I think we need to be as a racing industry. Yeah, and the thing with the racing industry over, and I was involved in it a long, long time, and I still get people coming up to me like. I was at a quiz night on Tuesday and I had three guys individually come and say, hey, this entertain deal on the TV. Is that going to be good for us? They just, it's not a trust thing. It's just like, I don't feel like we've had good news for years and years and years. And yeah, they, they want to believe it, but they find it hard to believe. And I'm like, mate, it's, it's really good from what I know. Now I'm not on the inside anymore. I haven't seen anything bad. And I've heard from trainers, breeders, jockeys, um, Bruce Sherrick, he, he don't miss, mince his words. Um, he's on board, Harness is on board, um, punters are on board. This is, we can actually let our guard down and be excited about it. Well, there's two parts. I mean, the deal up front, I, I believe, is great. Look, what's going to get people's knickers in a twist is the potential of monopolisation and geo-blocking other bookies because some people fundamentally do they uh, have a right to a choice. But I just think we just need to pump the brakes on that and if you're getting upset about that now, just wait and see what the product looks like because, honestly, it might not even bother you in time. Because yeah, what the... you're missing out on by having to go overseas yeah. will be here. And, and like, that's what you'll find out about in tomorrow's chat. Uh, very interestingly, one of his claim to fame is he invented the odds boost. And oh, boosted odds. Uh, yeah, which is fascinating, something when I had very unpatriotically used Ladbrokes throughout the year, I very much, <laughs> <laughs> very much en- enjoyed. Uh, made me think, Staffy, as a man of the people, a man of the TAB for many years, uh, prowling the sidelines at sporting venues, you must have had your fingers involved in some sort of um, new uh, promotion or innovation at the TAB. You must have. Well, before multi-betting and parlaying was in, was in New Zealand, I invented the winning team and margin double. So it was like that game and that game, and you pick winning team and margin and that winning team imagine that so it was like a two leg multi but it was I had to manually work them all out so I did that but I think my biggest claim to fame was I I did invent the first stoppage in play well like knock scrum scrum line, line out, out penalty mark drop out 22 and how, try and how many people have just thought I love it I love it try try always paying 25 bucks yeah always Always take the penalty when you've got an officious referee who likes to stamp his mark on a game. Those Northern Hemisphere, particularly French. the French, always take the penalty. Uh, was the nick- uh, we nicknamed it back in the day the first Stafford in play. The frog. The frog. There uh, you go. Uh, just very quickly, there's lots of racing tomorrow and we will cover it all in the first hour of the mail run. I'm looking forward to doing that. And, of course, Queensland Oaks as well. So Kiwi contingent over there. And listen in. The CEO of Entain, Dean Shannon's just recorded a chat with you. I'll be tuning in. Make sure you do too. We'll come back with Jimmy Smith from Across the Ditch. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
we have got a situation, New Zealand sports fans. Like right now, live, we're supposed to be crossing to Australia and Jimmy Smith. And you know how they always, always poke at us? So we went to ad break, bang on time, so we sync up with as Australia. Always. As always. And Sam, two minutes into our ad break, says staff are still talking on air. They haven't got to an ad break. They're going to be late. So he messaged them and they said, sorry, lads, we've gone over. We'll be back at 48 which is three minutes late. Yeah, and look, they might be listening to us now while they're in their hand break, and I've just got one word for them, both of them actually, Steph, but Jimmy in particular, one word, unprofessional. Unprofessional. When Unacceptable does, and unprofessional. When does this end? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's sort of like, uh, he thinks he's, he thinks he is James Tedesco. He can do anything, he's going to stay in the team. You know, yeah, it's I've like Jimmy, poorly, there will be, but yeah, be back yeah, the there'll be consequences, Jimmy. You know, mm. there'll be people will be dropped, and you may be one of them. Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, it, yeah, it is unprofessional. It's unacceptable. But anyway, you know, Jimmy, we, we he had the neutral call on Wednesday night. Actually, caught some of it. Um, I was uh, listening on my way. I was late to my mate's place. Actually, that's a funny story. If I can tell it really quickly, I was going to my mate's place for Origin. We're supposed to rock up at nine o'clock. Um, he's got a nice spa projector set up. Nice. Um, and so we were, I was going to rock up at nine o'clock and have a few beers, have a good yarn, have a chat, play some bets, and then watch the game. And there's, I don't know if you know the North Shore very well, but Glenvar Road uh, is a very main road that he is off. And at the moment, there's all these works on it. So it's it's closed unless you're a resident. Name so, a I followed, road so, I, so I followed the detour sign. And at some point, I just thought, well, bugger this. The detour is taking me halfway to, to Pepham, well, not Pepham, Penrose, somewhere. <laughs> and so I thought, I'm just going to wing it myself. So I started driving through the streets, trying to find my way to Glenvar, um, and got lost and thought, oh, I'll check my phone. Phone's dead. This is at about five past nine so I didn't arrive at his house until about two minutes past ten and uh, Origin kicked off on time this year so uh, I was late but I did catch a little bit of Jimmy in the commentary box and uh, he was for the first 30 seconds neutral staff I can't comment on the other uh, 79 minutes but he oh, did okay look, Jimmy's just text through sorry lads maybe we should <coughs> like fire up and just see if shall I just fire up I reckon we fire up yeah okay. yep Missing the discipline. So <laughs> he's blaming his producer, which is that's that's throwing old Charlie under the bus. Yeah. That's so I'm going to wind into an absolute complaint. And we're going to f- chuck our slider up so it goes. I'll have into a listen. Australia. I'll see what. what no, they're still in an air break. They're still in an air break. Okay, well you give me the thumbs up, and I'm just going to slide into a um, a massive assault on Australia New Zealand relations. This could get if nuclear. You, this could get nuclear. I think I just heard a 30 seconds in my ears. Did you? Hmm. Okay, so no, they must be listening then. They're listening. They must be listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic on 14 assists. Oh, it's full time. 104.93 to Miami Heat. But I'm sick of this happening. Like for years and years and years, they always treat New Zealand like the eighth or ninth state um, of Australia. Now, I know SEN is the big, powerful. Um, media monolith that it is and SENZ were just treated like a clip-on to this Australian monolith. Well I've had a guts where we work our fingers to the bone we hit our outs at one at 45 bang on time so we can get like allegedly a professional broadcaster allegedly neutral and he treats us with disdain. So anytime now he's going to come on uh, look. <laughs> hey, look, if anyone wants to believe in the NRL conspiracy, you're not, not one of the warriors <laughs> to win a competition. I mean, here's your case in point right here, right? They just don't care. <laughs> oh, they just don't care. Do we have to talk to New Zealand? Oh, okay. G'day, Steffi. That's what he'll say. <laughs> oh, I think he's G'day, on line Steffi. now. Oh, oh, there he is. Jeez, Steffi. Steffi. Yeah. yeah, look, sorry we were early. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I don't. I like to take, and I tell the first thing I tell my t- kids all the time is take responsibility for your actions, right? But right now, I'm going to blame. 
two buck chuck because Coach K's not here, and I'm just missing that discipline of of Coach K. But anyway, hey, we're talking a lot about breast milk. I yes. don't know whether you're wanting to get into that. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? So two buck chuck. Who's the NBA player that was asking about that? Uh, I was Josh Hart from the New York Knicks was asking if you'd ever tried your significant other's breast milk. Right. Or another right. mother's. Other mothers? What? Is that what no, you significant see? Is this, is Coco, oh, significant is Coco, is Coco Magic thinking of branching out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Sammy. You're an ideas man. Vintage SJ. Vintage. Vintage. Hey, what about this? We're getting this type of work in here. Thanks for the memories, Chuck. Oh. But I think you're behaving a bit boobish. Oh. You need- you need to use your melons. Oh, yes. A tit, I mean, a bit more. That's from the Pearl. Dear, oh, dear. The Pearl's a legend. Yeah. Uh, allegedly. But anyway. Um, now, good win for New Queensland over <laughs> in First State of Origin. So who do you go for? Queensland. Just out of it. Oh, boo. Purely, um, purely because we love the underdog. But Graham Lowe coached them, and he's just he's Sir yeah. Graham Lowe in New Zealand. So I, I'm really not perturbed one way. I'm about sixty percent Queensland, but you know I'll go into the next one. And go okay, go to New South Wales. I want one all, and I want the I big want dog in the last. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, now I gave you guys a little bit of homework. Mm. How have you gone with that, Sammy? Getting some TV numbers. Here's the thing, Yeah, Jimmy. this is, yeah. So I've got it tells con- a story in itself. I've got context, right? And so I know they know the numbers at Sky TV here. And I messaged a couple of people and said, hey, mate, what were the viewing figures? And they go, oh, I don't know. And I said, you do know. I don't know why New Zealand, all New Zealand, unless they break a record with the best ever of at something like America's Cup, TVNZ, we have a, we have a black clash, which is – Cricketers versus All Blacks in a game of cricket, free-to-air TV, high sports event this year. But we don't hear what, second, third, fourth, fifth. I can, have... I give you a, can I give you a, hypothet- uh, uh, a reason, my belief? Because mm. they're really strong, and that means they're worth more money. <laughs> they're going to have to pay more money for them next time around. I have heard, okay, mm. I have heard from someone that does, that is in the know that it's the third highest rated oval ball game this year, and I think the Warriors' first home game was number one. Oh, wow. That's what I've heard. The pro- the thing is, though, and we said it to you, Jimmy, that everyone here watches it in groups. So everyone yes. goes to someone's house or they go to a pub or whatever. So whereas most of the NRL games, you're sitting on the couch you know, on a Thursday or Friday night. So that probably plays into it. But mm. And I know you're thinking pictures, Jimmy. So Sam watched State of Origin 1 in a mm. spa pool, nude with seven other blokes. Settle down. Set- That's what you said. He's got a spa. Yeah, but I didn't say I was nude. Oh, I think you've taken the boob thing <laughs> too seriously. <laughs> Were you topless? <laughs> I may have been. Milk, okay. milk may have been consumed in some form. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> Gregory Fokker. Oh, jeepers. This, I mean, uh, okay. this is what happens when you're late. It just descends yeah, into okay. chaos. It's all structure. It's not just the timing. It's actually the structure that Coach K brings. Really. I don't think we descended. I think we started right down the bottom. But anyway, uh, now I had something that was really important to ask you. Hey, what's Go Media? It's um, billboards. Right. Yep. Okay, outdoor. Yep. Yeah, okay. New sponsor of Mount Smart Stadium, huh? Go Media Stadium Mount Smart, the official title. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's better there than 1,300 go. smiles. <laughs> <laughs> Marginally. <laughs> Marginally. <laughs> Uh, now, I think that's it. I think my time's done. That's yeah, it. we are too. What we a cross. Too. What a cross. Yeah. Mark Waugh's birthday today. 
So, so hang, so hang on. Just to get me here, we we made you talk about breasts and the little bit of homework that I asked you to do, you couldn't do. No, oh, I did uh, it. I did it. I did it. Right. I asked, but I knew they wouldn't answer me. Okay. I Mark Warren, Steve Smith, their birthday today. There you go. Mm. SPD. Mm. Oh, goodbye, Jimmy. The good guys. And goodbye, Charlie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's the very inept um, Australian afternoon show, nowhere near up to the standard of ours. We'll have a look back in the day very shortly. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Here's what happened... Back in the day. Yes, we come to the end of Immortals Week. Big thanks to Sam for putting all the audio together. It's been a really good, fun week. Enjoyed all of your company this week. Uh, back in the day, June 2, 1970, New Zealand-born racing driver, designer and team owner Bruce McLaren was sadly killed at the Goodwood Circuit in England, testing a brand new car, driving his newest Cam-Am Challenger, the M8D. And he hit a bank when the rear end of the car broke away at speed. Sad day. Birthdays today, turning 58, as mentioned to Jimmy. Uh, Mark War and another cricketer, Steve Smith, turns 44. It was a failure of leadership. I hope in time I can earn back respect and forgiveness. Surely not 44, 34. Sergio Aguero, Argentinian footballer, his birthday today. On this day in 79, the number one movie was a great alien, and the number one song was this. Yes, the inimitable Donna Summer. Have a fantastic King's birthday weekend. I'll be doing the netball on Sunday, so I'm having Monday off. I know what netball finals are like. Catch you later.